we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Many businesses, churches, families, marriages, they crumble. The things happen, uh, unforeseen issues, and it causes things to be lost, to to go do away with uh, business owners file bankruptcy, churches fold and close in their doors. Many different things happen, but I do believe that we can rebuild. But the way we rebuild is going to be based on the mindset. Our mindset has to be the reality of a thing rather than the fantasy, that dream. The dream paints the picture, but to rebuild, we've got to understand right where we are, acknowledge that, and then move towards the hope of that of that finished product of a painting. Hey, welcome everybody to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. I really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, if you'll do me a favor, it really helps us if you'll leave us a review. Uh, hit the subscription button. Also hit that little bell there to let to, so that it'll let you know every time we jump on and uh, have some content for you. If this really helps you, share it with your friends on whatever platform or send them a message, uh, send them an invite. I would really appreciate it today. Uh, but again, thank you for what you've done, the reviews and the, the ability for us to generate momentum as we discuss leadership principles uh, uh, that are revolved around everyday life, but we're asking God to anoint our lives and do what he asks us to do. I really appreciate it. But today we're going to jump right into the content, kind of unpackage this thing. It's a uh, uh, one that I've really been uh, devouring. I've been studying. I've been looking at. And the title of my uh, talk today with the content is Rebuilding from Reality Rather Than Fantasy. And, and that's it. So many times in uh, life, in marriages, in families, in churches, in businesses, what we find is things are going really, really well. And then until something happens, how about in 2020? How about that something called COVID-19, that, that virus that hit, that kind of just shut everything down in many businesses, many churches, uh, and many families alike? You would think that because families are spending a ton of time together that they would be stronger but in reality, families have hit, taken the biggest hit of everything all over the world because of the stress and the pressure of just living and what is it going to do and how are we going to make it and do I have my job and what's going on with the kids and, and just the family unit alone, we find such problems uh, and it looks like a disaster. It looks like it's never going to make it. And businesses, how about many of them? I think I heard the other day, 37% of all small businesses will not reopen due to COVID. That's a, that, to me, that's devastating, especially in communities where small business drives the economic sector. And what we have to realize is that there is a way to rebuild. There is an ability to, to get back on the horse, if you will, and, and ride again. There is that ability. Uh, what about churches? Man, many churches. As a pastor of the church, and, and our church is in person today, and we're thriving, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. But it was a hard uh, decision that I made in my own mind, as well as people in my community, to reopen my church. Uh, it wasn't something that a lot of people applauded and celebrated. A lot of people 
uh, complained and, and called me selfish. And, uh, and I looked at all those things, and, and those were decisions that I had to make. But I can tell you this, that even through COVID, when we reopened and we took a dip in, uh, in our attendance and we took a dip in people joining us in person, and what we did is we just kept pushing through, not, not remembering where we were and saying, hey, wasn't it those the good old days and why aren't we there today? What we did as a team, what I did as the leader and my team, we looked at the reality of where we were. And we began to build off of where we were, not just the dream that we had or the things that were going well with us in March. We started to rebuild. And, and I don't even know that rebuild for me was the right word, but I believe it's the, it's the exact uh, description of what I want to try and get across today. If I, as the pastor of Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, would have said, look, we were at 315 people before we shut down in March 15th, and we opened back up uh, in May 9th, uh, Mother's Day weekend, and we only had like 120 people coming to church. If I would have said, man, this isn't right, what's wrong, and, and now I took the hit in my own uh, inside and I lost courage because of what I thought it was supposed to be and it actually wasn't, I wouldn't have kept pursuing. I wouldn't have kept preaching. I can tell you today that from May 9th to where we are uh, today in February, mid-February, we're above where we were last March already in our attendance. And I think one of the key factors is how I took the church and my leadership was about what was really happening rather than what we wanted. Your business as a business owner, as a pastor, as the head of a home, you have to first judge where you are. Many of us go through things, and, and, and for, for some things that I put down was this like this, life buckles us at the knee, and, and you can't just talk about 2020, and you can't just talk about COVID, because there's many things that buckle us at the knee. You know, things that what we call life happens, you know, things that just life happens. Some of us have a, a, a savings account, we have our money in the bank, we have that, you know, that uh, emergency fund, if you will, and it's called the rainy day fund. So life happening, buckling at the knee, or that rainy day fund, you know, we have that. But what happens when that thing goes away? And now that security, that confidence, and where you were. You had a savings account, but it's gone. What about these? You developed great relationships. You know, as a pastor, I'm a relational guy. I love to be uh, involved in my uh, uh, members' lives. I love to be directly involved in the church. Uh, and I want to be relational. I want to be approachable. I don't want to be a standoffish, celebrity-style pastor. I want to be a pastor for people that they can touch and they can follow, that they can see. But sometimes those relationships are really good. And then one thing, one form of gossip, one thing of slander, one wrong decision in the midst of the, the relationship because somebody got jealous or envious, hey, it, it separates that. Your church is functioning well. You're going great, man. You're going and blowing. You're rocking. You got your values, are, your core values are there. You've got a culture that is inviting. And then all of a sudden, one person in leadership does something that just splits the church. You got all these things. Kids, your kids were doing well. I've raised four of them. There were days that we were crossing our fingers and just hoping that every day was perfect. And then one of them would do something that was just crazy or something would happen. And now what we thought was great, now all of a sudden becomes a battle again. 
What about your business? It was flourishing. It was doing so well. It was at the top of, of the, of the uh, product that you were selling. And then all of a sudden you shut down. Nobody is attending your, your business uh, or, or that same type of business, but a corporate level moves in across the street from you. And now your business has, has uh, uh, diminished. Or what about this one? You had a great job, great paying job. You were, you were doing so well. You were paying all of your bills. You were feeding your family. You were putting money in a 401k. You've got investments. And then because of, let's just say COVID, they handed you your pink slip and said, we're sorry, we can't afford to have you any longer. And now what? This is what I'm talking about. How do you rebuild in any of those types of areas? From How do you do it? And I believe that you do it from reality and not fantasy. You know, and what happens, I believe, if you take those instances or any other instances, what happens is we become overwhelmed in our own life and we begin to lose sight of who we are. So many times I find people, I talk to business leaders, I talk to pastors, I just talk to moms and dads, and we, what we find out is so many people identify with what they do as who they are. But there's not a, there's not, the, the reality is we're not what we do, we are who we are and we do what we do. But the overwhelming uh, loss causes us to lose sight of who we are because we feel our identity is caught up in the thing that I do. And here's what happens. We begin to feel oppressed or depressed. We, we go to the couch and we get a gallon of ice cream every night and eat cookies. And, 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 or some people, you know, and it's sad to say, but they go to the bottle or they go to drugs or go to smoking or whatever that is to feed that problem. And it's an overwhelming uh, moment in their life of depression and oppression in their life. What about they isolate? Some people isolate themselves and they just cause themselves to feel lonely. The isolation is that pull back from everybody else that can help you and feel like you're lost and you're the only one. You feel like I'm a loser and I can't do this and I can't believe it happened to me. I had all of these things set up. I don't understand. I'm depressed. Now I'm isolated. I pushed everybody away and, and we start beating ourselves up because of the failure and we call ourselves failures but we never failed it's the thing that failed and so many times we lose sight of who we are because we're caught up in the identity of what we're doing can I can I just submit to you this we are not what we do who we are is not our business or our product that we sell who we are is not even our vision and I think pastors have to realize that I am not Terry Linscott, the senior pastor of Abundant Life Church, that's not who I am. That's what I do. Who I am is who God's created me to do. When I understand who I am and I move the identity off of the thing that I do, I can then begin to rebuild from right where I am. Too many times we consider ourselves failures because the thing that we were doing failed. That's not failure. Thomas Edison is one of the greatest moments in my life when I understood this, this one principle. It took him a thousand times to figure out how to make a light bulb. He was asked, how does it make you feel that you failed a thousand times? And he said, I didn't fail a thousand times. It just took me a thousand times to figure out how to do it. See, we have to realize that who I am is not what I do, but who I am drives the passion and the, and the desire and the energy to accomplish the thing that I want to do. If Thomas Edison would have quit at 975 times because that was failing in the eyes of so many people, we wouldn't have the light that we have today. Sure, somebody else may have created that. 
But Thomas Edison never stopped because who he was generated and created the energy to go do what he wanted to create. That's the same thing I want to talk to you about. Building from reality and not fantasy has to adjust certain things in our life. Where we were, so let's talk about, uh, let me, can I say this too? If you're a pastor, a business owner, entrepreneur, um, you know, you're a family, a, a mom, dad, whatever that is, and everything was going really well. And then if we, if we take the point of reference of COVID-19 through, the, through March, through December, or today of 2021, and we say, what has happened? Why are, where we, where, why are we where we are today? What did we do wrong? Can I tell you, you did nothing wrong. It's an event. It's a catastrophic uh, event that destroyed what's going on in your life right now. The, some of the best people I know have lost some of the greatest businesses that, that you could imagine. And you would think there's no way that person would have lost their business. Or there's no way that that married couple would have ever divorced. Because things just happen. And, and most of the time it's out of our control. There's things in our control that we could have done to prevent it. But the reality is that event, that tornado, that hurricane, that storm, that earthquake that happened, it happened. And to rebuild, we first have to realize that where we are is not where we were. To rebuild, it's one of those things. It's the, the concept is saying, I'm not where I used to, where I was but I am where I am today. I am still here. There's a song that we sing, as long as I have breath, he's not done with me yet. I love that song because that's the truth. God's still not done if I'm still breathing. And the challenge is, is to take me where I am, acknowledge where I'm at. I'm here. Maybe you've lost a family, you've lost a job, you've lost a church, but you haven't lost who you are. And to be able to rebuild, you've got to identify who you are. Can I also say it this way? We must acknowledge that where we were is our hope, but it's not a reality. We want to get back to that place. And if we keep doing everything we're doing and making every decision based on where we were rather than where we are, we'll never get there. We've got to acknowledge the exact reality of where we are today if, we're have, if we want to rebuild. My thing is, is you've done it once, why can't you do it again? The fact that we've done it once means that we could do it again. The reality is to get where we were and the way we were maintaining where we were is two different mindsets. It's two different approaches to rebuilding. I'm not going to rebuild by doing what I was doing to maintain. I got to go back to the book that I wrote of my own life. That One of those chapters that I wrote, if this is what I'm rebuilding. I got to go back to that book and I got to go back to that chapter where I was with nothing or just a little bit. And I need to go back and figure out those steps that I did that created the success in my life. When I do that, it, it promotes me to be able to go forward now because the reality is I'm there, I'm not where I was, and it's okay. Let me help you with this one thing. And I'm gonna give you three things today to just take away, to unpack it, and then uh, in a couple of weeks in March, I'm gonna drop uh, the part two of this one so that you can kind of get all seven points. But I really wanna say this one thing because when we talk about rebuilding from where we, where we are, not where we were, understand this, where you were, the success that you had is not the, the recognition of success typically comes when an accolade is presented to us. And that's because something has been identified as successful. But success doesn't come, nor is it just acknowledged, from the moment you receive an accolade. Success comes not in a final uh, product of a thing. Success comes in daily disciplines. 
So if we're going to get back to being successful, we're going to have to get back to doing those daily disciplines. We're going to have to get back to doing certain things that create d- discipline in our life that produces success. Success doesn't produce discipline. Discipline produces success. So in, in an example of you want to lose weight, it's a discipline to lose weight. Just for an example, you can't lose the weight and then get the disciplined way of eating or the way of working out or exercising. You have to start the discipline to get the success. So the d- disciplines of the rebuild are different than the disciplines of maintenance, if that makes sense to you. The last thing I want to say before I give you the first uh, three points of, of how, uh, my opinion, how to rebuild from reality rather than fantasy is this. There's a difference between competence and attitude. The, those will either create or destroy success in our life. Competence, if we were successful, let's say it's a pastor of a church and we've let, we were a senior lead or a lead pastor and our church was thriving and it was growing and it was producing and people were joining uh, and you were preaching powerful messages and signs, wonders and miracles were taking place in your church and the word was going, people were hungry and they were coming from all over. That means you're doing something right. There's a competence about you. Incompetence doesn't draw success, nor does it promote success. So the question then becomes, if, if you are competent, once you recognize who you are, business owner, dad, leader, whatever that is, you know who you are and you have the tools in your toolbox to accomplish the task, then the question becomes, if I'm competent, what's the other problem? The other problem is attitude. I'm just going to example from my life is this. When I used to work maintenance for the church that I'm now the senior uh, pastor at, uh, I remember times that I'd have to go to and fix things, but I didn't really want to fix anything. I got mad. I frustrated and irritated and agitated. And, and let's just say it's a dripping faucet that takes 15 minutes to fix when you have a right attitude and the right tools. So competence, I know what I'm doing and I have the right tools, but why did it take me two hours to fix a, fi- a dripping faucet it's because of my attitude was wrong. So if my attitude matches competence, then success is, is uh, inevitable. But when competence is there, but the wrong attitude, destruction is, is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's right there on the horizon. So we've got to deal with our competence. We've got to deal with our attitude. We've got to know who we are. We've got to figure that out, that we're not what just failed, but we are the person that drives the success to the thing that we want to accomplish. So how do we do this? Let's talk about three things today. Unpackage this just for a couple of minutes. Uh, and, and then next week, we'll, we'll bring out the rest of these. I'm hoping to get to the three today, uh, and we should be able to do that. But the first one is this. Look, accept that failure has happened and learn from it. This is the first way to start rebuilding. So many people want to get depressed and don't want to accept the fact that failure happens because it, it makes us, we have this idea Again, that that's who we are, but that's not who we are. We got to realize, okay, when I opened back up the church in May and it was just my family, it was a handful of people that were operating the church and running every service online and then in the church services because we didn't know who was coming. I had to accept the fact that we were not where we were in March, that we were in a whole nother uh, place. We were on a whole nother playing field, but still playing the same game, if you will. We, we weren't at a, a local park. Now we're at an indoor training facility, and it's different. And so the fact is, is we got to accept right where we are. Accept that maybe it failed. Maybe it didn't go right. Maybe you lost it. Accept it, and then learn from it. So what, what do you mean? Understand this. Failure is not final unless, unless we don't accept it. If we accept that it happened, 
then we can acknowledge the fact that it needs to adjust. But if we keep beating around the bush like this thing didn't really happen, then it's going to be final because we're never going to become honest and true and truly transparent with ourselves to realize where we are to where we want to go. And until we realize that something failed, but I'm still alive, <laughs> we won't extract anything that'll help us move forward. The reality is that thing failed, not me. Maybe I made a wrong decision and it caused a failure, but I'm still here. I still have the dream. I still have the vision. I still have the passion. I still have the courage to get back on the horse and go do it, right? This is what we're looking at. Our business is not who we are. It's what we do. I, I don't know how else to keep saying that, but accept the failure and learn from it. Accept the fact that the business is not who I am, but whatever that thing was in that business, accept it and then learn from it, extract from it. Maybe it's, you need to put more money back. You need to not spend so much overhead. Maybe pastoring. Listen, you, maybe you got to invest more into leadership and you got to stop doing it all yourself and you got to trust somebody else to help you grow the church. Maybe the preaching needs to get all the fingers pointed away from the congregation and start pointing at our own selves. Maybe these are things, these are how we learn from it. How, how, as a pastor, I listen to every one of my messages. I listen to my podcasts and I re I, I critique, sorry, I critique everything that I've done, everything that I've said, and what I don't like, I try to fix, but I got to recognize, I got to learn from it, extract something from that thing and make an adjust adjustment to it, right? Maybe it's reducing the products uh, to what's most sold. Don't just have a ton of product, just reduce the amount to what you're making the most money on and rebuild from that right? Maybe it's this, stop listening to everybody else, what they want and do what you know isn't right in, for your business. The first step to rebuilding from reality and not from fantasy is accept that failure has happened and learn from it. That's the first thing. Second thing, we have to actively decide to change. We've got to change the attitude, change the mindset actively. I mean, that means wake up in the morning, Throw some water on your face and go do something different. Get out of the bed, put the ice cream down, go for a walk, go for a run, do something you've never done. Join a small group at a church. Pastor, be a part of the small group at the church. You know, be honest, open, and transparent to people around you to help you, even though you're the pastor. Maybe it's something you have to do to become relational. You got to actively decide to change and change. Change is a mindset, not a motivation. Last, the, the very first episode I dropped on my podcast is embracing change. You might want to go jump to that one and listen to it and then come back to finish out the rest of this series uh, because change is a mindset. It's not a motivation. Motivation is the passion of what I desire that causes change in my life. We get motivated at the end of the year to feel better, but that wears off on the first Monday of every January, right? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Motivation is typically driven by emotion anger, happiness, fear, or frustration. Take your frustration, take the, the being mad because everything went, went awry and just flip that to the motivation to go get what you want in your life. And I want to say this about change. Actively decide to change. It Change is a daily decision. It's not something you change on, you decide on Monday and then you just live life how you want to do uh, through Saturday and expect change. It's a daily decision every day. Remember this, success isn't the moment of an accolade. Success is in the daily disciplines. So we got, first of all, to, to, to rebuild, we got to accept that something has happened. It's not the same that it, as it used to be, and we've got to learn from it. So we got to sit down, jot down some notes, extract everything that we need to learn, what went wrong, what was in my power, 
that went wrong and now learn from that thing. We've got to actively, every day, it's the daily disciplines that promote change and success in our life. And the third one is this, you've got to prioritize the tasks that lead to change. Now, if change is a, is a daily discipline, and it's a change is, a, is a, a mindset, not a motivation, then what do we need to prioritize? If we recognize that who I am is not what I do, and that's what we've kind of hit a lot today in this, in this talk, the reality is we got to prioritize the tasks that lead to change. And the very first one we have to prioritize is realizing who's the most important asset in your business, in whatever you do. It's not your customers. It's not your clients. It's not your employees. The most uh, important asset to any business entity is the leader, is that number one, the owner, the entrepreneur. If the owner's not there, the entrepreneur's not there, guess what? There's no business. Nobody's, nobody's showing up. Who's leading with the vision? The managers don't have vision. Now, they're great at managing what you tell them, but they're not the ones looking at the big picture that come from your heart. You got to realize you got to prioritize this task to change and you got to change yourself. That's the first task is make personal adjustments in your life. Change your daily routines, change the time you get up in the morning. This is the tasks that, that we have to prioritize to, to lead to change first recognize I've got to change myself. I got to change my attitude, change the drama that I have, change all of these things. We got to realize that my business, my money, my family is not even the priority until I put God first. I work on my own life and then I bring my family into it because if I'm trying to change my family without even personal change, there's no change going to be in the family. I can't ask my wife to change without me first changing. We want to preach to them, but it does, it's not effective. And so we really have to prioritize the tasks. And the first one is myself. The second one then is the business itself. We have to realize we've got to give the, we got to empower people to help me do what I'm called to do, what the vision is, do what the business is about. I can't do it all. I can't have every, uh, every bit of pressure and, and, and uh, issue from me to make sure it all works. I got to trust and empower people. That's a prioritization to, to lead in that way. Your team is a priority and your clients. You've got to prioritize them. If you don't put yourself first and you work out your own, what Bible says, work out your own salvation, that, the, the rest of it's going to fall apart. You have to make some adjustments. Hey, listen, rebuilding is not as hard as we think it is. Rebuilding is not as difficult because momentum is created by energy and energy is created by having the right attitude and the right mindset to go get what you want to get. And I want, I want you to know from me to you, I'm believing that the anointing of God gets in you, that that thing that you thought failed was just some way of learning what not to do to make sure that it never fails again. I really appreciate you joining me. And, and as we put these in our show notes, I'm going to upload these the notes and you maybe can grab those uh, and look at them and go study them yourself. But um, the reality is rebuild from reality and not fantasy. How do you do that? Um, you do it by accepting where you are and learn from it. You actively decide to change and then you prioritize the tasks that lead to change and you are the priority. Hey, until next time, I appreciate you joining me. Once again, uh, hit the subscribe button. If this helps you share the content with the people that, that you're closest to, uh, affect your influence. Uh, and until next time, I call you blessed. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.